You are listening to Wrestling Banter with Jeff the Ref. And I am your host, Jeff the Ref. Let's get down to business and what's going on in the wrestling world. Let's get down to the business at hand. Let me recap the Vanguard Championship Wrestling's Liberty Lottery at the Masonic Temple in Norfolk, Virginia last month. We opened up with the Hellcats coming out, issuing their challenge. They've been having an open uh, match challenge for any tag team that is able to come out there and defeat them. They're defending their VCW tag belts. Lights go out, music comes on, and out comes Gangrel, Kevin Thorne to answer the challenge. They came in, laid the waste within three minutes or less probably, and they beat the Hellcats to become the brand new VCW Tag Team Champions. We'll see what happens with Gangrel and Kevin Thorne. Those two are some big hombres right there, and they could definitely hold on to those belts for a very long time to come. Then we also saw Ken Dixon defending his newly won Commonwealth Heritage Championship against his former tag team partner, Joe Keys. They had a decent match, went back and forth. Ultimately, though, Ken Dixon got the win. We also saw Sean Studd, the son of the legendary Big John Studd, defeating the one, the only, Benjamin Big Money Banks. Now, these two have had a couple of brouhaha's, and they even met up uh, last month in the uh, Battle Royal to decide the number 30 spot in the Liberty Lottery, and Sean Studd hit a choke slam on Ben Banks and ended up eliminating a few people even when he uh, hit the move. Um, needless to say, it was a great match between two uh, big guys there in the VCW, and Sean Studd picked up the win. So, uh, however, you know, look for Big big Ben Banks to bounce back from this and uh, hopefully uh, get his momentum back and, and continue his winning ways. But who's to say? Sean Studd, he is a big man, and he is uh, he looks good. And I, I could see him having a future match even against Ken Dixon for the Commonwealth Heritage title. And those two uh, matching up against each other down the road, that could be uh, rather interesting. Or even Sean Studd against uh, Phil Brown. Um, that, that has potential right there as well. We saw Phil Brown taking on Blake Jones in an I Quit match for the Liberty championship now the united united states liberty title now the thing is last uh the month before blake jones had beat phil for the title this was an i quit match blake had even laid the waste he had laid the uh, phil out he came out there he had a mission you know his mission was to uh beat phil brown it was teacher versus student kind of and phil had, uh, helped train Blake and they had even been uh, former VCW tag champions and then for whatever reason something you know just got triggered in Blake's head he turned on Phil and uh, you know these two ended up in an I quit match and ultimately with Phil Brown winning it here he won the title as well great match probably match of the night match of the year for VCW so far one of the best I've seen in a very very long time then we saw uh, coming out, we had the Sanctuary who had earlier in the night announced that Jefferson Early was not going to be there. So they said they had somebody else in the back that was going to come in and, and, and come out and his, you know, replace him. 
and coming and making his return to VCW was the one and only Colby Carino. We have not seen Colby Carino in VCW in quite a while. And um, it was great to see him and have him come back. He is a former VCW uh, U.S. Liberty champion, or uh, I believe. And um, the fans there are very familiar with him here in VCW. And he was there to team up with T Timmy Danger and Neil Sarkey to take on S Team Safety-ish. And that was Livid the Clown and Wes Rogers. And they had teaming with them from the WWE Swaggle, the little man himself, the little Swaggle. And it was a great six-man match for the fans. You know, they gave them the, the entertainment that they were looking for. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was it, it, the match served its purpose, which was to make the fans enjoy themselves and see Swaggle get in that ring and, and wrestle. And uh, anyway, Colby ends up getting pinned, leads to Timmy Danger and Neil Sharkey blaming Colby for the loss. Ultimately, it leads to Colby or uh, Timmy Danger and Neil turning on Colby. Colby making a comeback, chasing him out of the ring. So we'll see what happens from that. Then we had our our main event, which was the Liberty Lottery Battle Royal. And in there, we had a couple surprises. We had one that was Casey Carlisle being the first female to ever be in the Liberty Lottery. Not only was she the first female, she went in and she eliminated the one, the only Irvin legend. Now, going into the Liberty Lottery, we had quite a few different people. We had Gangrel, we had Sean Stubb, Big Big Benjamin Banks, Diamond Victor Griff, Gino, different ones from all over that have held titles at various times in BCW or are on the come up. Gino came in at number one. He entered in at the number one spot, the toughest spot to go into any battle royal of this kind of magnitude. He went at number one. He lasted all the way from beginning to end, winning the whole thing. Gino is a former VCW Commonwealth Heritage Champion. He held that belt for well over a year. He is also a former Let's Cup champion or Let's Cup winner. He's, I mean, the kid's got a bright future, nothing but, you know, stars are, you know, in his, his future. He is just amazing talent. He is from uh, Booker T's uh, ROW, and um, every time he comes up here to Virginia, he entertains our fans. We, we enjoy having Gino here with VCW. And the fact that he was able to go from number one all the way through, that was just an amazing, amazing accomplishment. So uh, congratulations to Gino on winning the Liberty Lottery Battle Royal and going to earn himself a future title shot at any title of his choosing in the VCW. That means he could go after the VCW heavyweight title, which is held right now by Billy Gunn. He could choose a tag team partner, go after a tag belt. He could go after the Commonwealth Heritage title against Kim Dixon again, or he could face Phil Brown. Who's to say who he's going to choose? We shall see. We also had a very special guest in attendance that night. Uh, Renee Koloff, the wife of Ivan Koloff, had come in to uh, meet and greet with the fans and, and hear some of their stories and their memories. And it was great seeing her. She is a fantastic lady. By the way, she is available if anybody's interested in booking her uh, for future shows. She is available. You can contact her on Facebook, uh, Renee Koloff.
Um, you can contact me. Um, you can find her or contact Ivan Koloff on Twitter. Um, and they, the person running her, the Twitter account can get a hold of her. Um, quite a few ways to get a hold of her. And also, if I, would, I would ask any one of you out there to please join the Ivan Koloff fan page. Trying to garner up uh, some interest there. Um, hopefully to maybe get his uh, name mentioned uh, or hopefully get him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, maybe if he gets enough interest, maybe into the Hall of Fame this year, we shall see. Um, but please just go there to Ivan. I think it's Ivan R. Baird Koloff um, or Ivan Koloff. Anyway, you can find his, his real Facebook page, add him. And um, it's run by a fan, uh, a lifelong fan. And, but however they do, you know, do updates and, you know, different things like that. So it's, uh, please go on over there and join it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up here in just a few minutes, I'm going to have the one, the only from VCW, Irvin Legend, who will be taking on Phil Brown in Suffolk, Virginia at the Peanut City Showdown number three. So be sure to listen up here in a couple minutes. He will be on the show. Now let me go over uh, the Suffolk City, Suffolk Peanut City Showdown 3 that's getting ready to come up here this Saturday, August the 18th in Suffolk, Virginia at the Salvation Army Gym on Bank Street. It's going to be an amazing card that we are going to see. And coming up, the matches that will be taking place, we are going to have a return grudge match from the Liberty Lottery. It has been signed. Colby Carino will be taking on Timmy Danger. This stems from their tag team breakup. Let's see what happens when they get in that ring together. It could be, you know, I expect the fist to be flying. And ultimately, could see Colby Carino probably, hopefully, get out the win. We shall see, though. We got Ken Dixon defending his Commonwealth Heritage title against the newly fan favorite, Diamond Victor Griff. Diamond Victor Griff, the VCW fans are quite familiar with. However, he has not been well liked uh, by the fans. And, and now here he is, uh, in the last few months, he's been teaming up with Benjamin Banks as the Golden Pinky Society. He, uh, I guess you would say, seeing the error in his ways. And he is now accepting the fans and, and uh, you know, starting to really get over. And, you know, him and Ken Dixon should match up really well. Um, Diamond Victor Griff has held multiple titles here in VCW. He's a former VCW uh, U.S. Liberty champion. He beat Paul London in a, a, a ladder match from Liberty Lottery a few years ago. That was one of the best matches that, I mean, that the Masonic Temple or VCW has ever seen as far as a ladder match. And um, it was him and Paul London. You can go to vcw-wrestling.com. Um, buy the Best of Liberty Lottery DVD and or join up for only $5. You can get VCW streaming on your computer, any match, pretty much as it's out there that we they have had, any event, you can look it up, and boom, you can see this this match I'm, I'm actually talking about, Diamond Victor Griff, Paul London, in a ladder match for the U.S. Liberty title. And Paul London you know, was in the WWE, former tag team champion. And those two had... I mean, they tore the match. They tore the house down, needless to say. So we got Diamond Victor Griff, Ken Dixon. They're going to go, uh, they're facing each other for the Commonwealth Heritage title. Ken Dixon has been on a roll. That The, the two of them together, that should just, I mean, who knows what, what could happen and come from that. 
Um, we have a special ladies match. Casey Carlisle is taking on Maria Manic. Now, me, myself, I'm not familiar with Maria Manic. However, I am familiar with Casey Carlisle. Casey Carlisle is a former NWA Women's World Champion. That says a lot right there. She held that belt for well over two years, if I'm not mistaken. She has been up and down the East Coast, actually all over the United States. She has faced any and everybody out there as far as the, the ladies go. She from uh, Kong to, uh, to Mickey James on down. I know for a fact that she had Mickey James' last independent match before Mickey James got called up back up to the, the WWE. And that match was against, uh, it was in Mickey James and it was there in, for VCW, actually at Peanut City Showdown one or two um they, they faced each other and the two of them they had an excellent excellent match and uh like i said it was right before um mickey james got called up to uh the wwe so you know casey was in there they had a really good match again you can go check it out on the vcw streaming website but thing is casey carlisle she like i said was the very first female to even be in the liberty lottery she even eliminated our guest tonight, Urban Legend. She eliminated him. Now, granted, I'm going to ask him about this. He claims he slipped on the money, but we shall see. Then we have Phil Brown defending his Liberty Lottery, his Liberty U.S. Liberty title against Urban Legend. Now, Urban Legend is young, brash, cocky. Trying to make a name for himself, and what better way to make a name for yourself in VCW than facing the one, the only Phil Brown? If Urban is to get the upset win, he is the brand new U.S. Liberty champion. He's got nothing to lose going into this match. Phil Brown, on the other hand, has everything to lose. He can lose his title. He can lose respect. He can lose quite a few different things. Now, we'll see what happens in this matchup. I expect Phil Brown to try to teach Urban Legend a lesson in respect and knock that cockiness back just a hair, but we shall see. Like I said, I got some questions for this young man when he is on the show tonight. Then we have a three-way match, tag match, to decide the number one contender to face Gangrel and Kevin Thorne on the October 6th show in Norfolk, Virginia at the Masonic Temple. We have the hot tag team of noise pollution. They are banging heads all over the East Coast winning titles they are here in vcw they have been on a roll they are undefeated right now they i think their last loss came to the hall stars and that may have been by a disqualification they had a brief feud with the hall stars um and, and since then they've been just running rough shot on their competition and i i mean mad max and rock richards great tag team they're facing the hellcats Hellcats are the former VCW Tag Team Champions. Held those belts two different times. This last time they held them for well over 200 plus days. That says something. They were, they, they're so cocky and arrogant about themselves. They were issuing open challenges. They didn't care who came through that curtain. They just knew that they were going to beat them. So that says something about them. They are young, cocky, but they've been around the block and back again. They're from Maryland Championship Wrestling. And like I said, former two-time VCW Tag Team Champions, the Hellcats. And then we also are throwing in there just, uh, I guess, throw a little monkey wrench into it. Team Safety is brand new tag team. They have only been teaming for a little while now, only a few months. However, they are they they gel well together. They mesh well. 
Their tag matches have been, you know, really good to watch. I've had a lot of fun watching them. They could be the tag team to pull off the upset here. Noise pollution and the Hellcats may not even see that one coming. We could have Team Safety ish ultimately facing Gangrel, Kevin Thorne for the VCW tag belt. We shall see, but you got to come out this Saturday, August the 18th in Suffolk, Virginia, and check it out. Then we have in our main event, Jack Swagger is coming in with his former manager, Dirty Dutch Mantell. Both of them are you know, familiar with them from the WWE doing the We the People gimmick. And they are going to be facing Mr. Excellence, Brandon Scott. Brandon Scott is a former VCW heavyweight champion. Ever since he lost that belt to Billy Gunn, he has been doing nothing but having temper tantrums left and right, not having a good time of it, refusing to face different people, it just all kinds of problems with, with upper management. and you know. But here we are. He's got this matchup against Jack Swagger. Hopefully, you know, if Brandon gets this win, that should propel him back into one more match against Billy Gunn. I'm sure that's what he's trying to get out of this. But, you know, I can see Jack Swagger locking in that ankle lock, making Brandon Scott tap. That's it. So you got to come out, though, this Saturday night, like I said, August 18th, this Saturday, Suffolk, Virginia, at the Salvation Army Gym, and you'll see that excellent main event. Now, we are doing a meet and greet with the fans. Uh, prior to the show's bell time at 6 p.m., you can get there early, meet and greet with uh, Gangrel, or not Gangrel, sorry, um, Dutch Mantel and Jack Swagger and a few of the other guys as well. Get your picture made, get autographs, and then get there early and also get there early so you can get a good seat. Um, you can go to vcw-wrestling.com or look up Vanguard Championship Wrestling on Facebook to get uh, your ticket information. As I mentioned earlier, the uh, wife of uh, Ivan Koloff was at our show in VCW, Renee Koloff. And of course, it got me to thinking about Ivan and uh, the great memories that I have of Uncle Ivan and the phone calls that we have shared over our time that I've known him. He is probably one of my closest friends that I've known in the wrestling business. And uh, his loss is still felt by many. Um, I mean, I, I miss him every day. I know Renee does. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about him and wishing I could just pick up the phone like I used to and call him up and talk wrestling with him and, you know, just basic life in, in, in general. He was such a humble, great man. I, I mean, I can't even go on. You know, the, the list of his accomplishments is, as far as the wrestling business goes, it, I, I, it's amazing. He uh, was a former WWWF world champion. Um, he beat Bruno San Martino in Madison Square Garden. Uh, ending Bruno's seven and a half year reign. He was handpicked by Bruno to be the WWWF world champion. He was the one that Bruno said, hey, this is who I want to have beat me. This is who I think should, you know, take the belt off of me and can handle uh, the heat that comes from it. And, and Ivan was playing a Russian character during the 1960s and 70s during the height of the Cold War, you just did not do that kind of thing. I mean, you're talking death threats, riots, everything that was possible. 
I used to love to hear him tell the story about the night he beat Bruno for that uh, WWF world title and how silent it was and how, you know, they, they call that white, white heat. And uh, it just because it's just so hot, it, you, you know, anything could set those fans off. And, you know, they didn't even raise his hand and announce him as champion until after he had gotten to the back because it was just they were afraid of a riot that night. But that all being said, this is what I'm getting down to is that I think is a travesty is the fact that he, Ivan Koff, my uncle Ivan, the uncle to many, is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Why? Nobody knows. There is no rhyme or reason why this man is not in the WWE Hall of Fame. He has done it all, seen it all. I mean, it, like I said, I can't even go over all of his accomplishments. The fact, though, that he was the second ever WWF World Champion, that says something. The fact he was handpicked by Bruno, that says something. The fact that there is not a single wrestler out there that has something, anything negative to say about Ivan Koloff, that says something about the man's character. And yet he's still not in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in New York. He's in the one down in Texas. He's in numerous Hall of Fames. He's in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. He is even in the, uh, the, the uh, Cauliflower, he was honored by Cauliflower Alley. There is not a single Hall of Fame that has not recognized him other than the WWE Hall of Fame. And the only reason why he hasn't probably been recognized by them is it's all political. Because he wasn't always agreeing with McMahon and the product that Vince was putting out in the WWE. During the Attitude Era, no, Uncle did not agree with the men on women and the women coming out being scantily clad and everything else that was going on during that era. And he, he was very outspoken against it. And rightfully so. He had convictions about it. He had moral convictions. He, you know, as, as a Christian man, he was against what he was seeing on TV. He did not think that was how wrestling should be presented. And he had every right to do that. So, yes, he spoke out against them. That does not mean that they should ignore him and not put him in their Hall of Fame. Fast forward a few years, quite a few we got Bruno San Martino, who goes into the Hall of Fame. One of his only requests that he had was, please put in Ivan Koloff into the Hall of Fame. I want to see Ivan go into the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and Bruno was told by Triple H and Vince McMahon, yes, we are considering it. In fact, we are going to think about putting him in this year with you. However, we didn't want you to overshadow him or vice versa. So they didn't put him in together. But however, you know, they did let Ivan go up there and, and be a part of the festivities and they took really good care of him. They even were alluding to the fact that probably in the, the following year or the year after he would be into the Hall of Fame. The next year comes WrestleMania Hall of Fame. The year that he should have gone in and no politics rears its ugly head again. Because the WWE wants to get the WWC, Puerto Rican Wrestling, World Wrestling Council tape library. They say no to Ivan getting the bid and they put in Carlos Colon. Now, I'm not against Carlos Colon going into the Hall of Fame. I think he deserves it just as much as anybody else to be in that Hall of Fame. Carlos was a, a, a promoter. He has accomplished a lot in the wrestling business. 
However, to ignore Ivan Koloff and his accomplishments and not put him in over various other wrestlers that they have put in is a shame. I can look at, go through the list and name off quite a few different guys. Come on. Yes, he is a celebrity and they claim the quote unquote celebrity wing. But Drew Carey's in the Hall of Fame and Ivan Koloff isn't? Why? There's no rhyme or reason. Feel free, please. Tweet on out to Triple H and Vince McMahon and Stephanie and anybody else and ask for an answer. Say, why is Ivan Koloff not in the Hall of Fame? Other than politics, it's, it's all there is to it. He was part of the lawsuit that was recent with the concussion lawsuit. He even was part of it, though. He did it as a favor for Blackjack Mulligan. Unfortunately, as soon as Blackjack died and, and passed away, Ivan withdrew from that lawsuit. His lawyer even wrote McMahon and Triple H and Stephanie and all of them. Ivan uh, emailed and, and wrote them and told them, hey, I'm not in this lawsuit anymore. Just letting you guys know, I would love to be a part of the company. Um, you know, help y'all out in any way, shape or form as far as Goodwill Ambassador. He even had an idea for him and Rusev that he was wanting to pitch to Triple H. Yet nobody could give him the time of day. Not anymore, no. Because why? Oh, because you joined in on a lawsuit. Why? Because you were looking out for your fellow wrestler who had your back in that ring many a time. Not the promoter didn't have your back. Blackjack Mulligan had his back. And he knew that. And that's the kind of man that Ivan was. He was willing to sacrifice himself and his own notoriety or anything for his fellow wrestler. It says a lot about who he is and the kind of man that he was. He was willing to give that all up. Tell about his buddy Blackjack Mulligan. And he knew by joining that lawsuit, I talked to him about it, and he knew it, that that was probably going to make them shun him from that Hall of Fame. Sure enough, here he is getting overlooked continually. No rhyme, no reason. Oh, well, we'll ignore him, and we'll just go on with somebody else. Now that he's passed away, they'll probably put him in. Not only will they probably put him in, they'll probably put him in that big lump group of people where they put in a whole bunch of older veterans and they say, okay, we're honoring, you know, these 10 guys for their accomplishments in wrestling instead of having him get his own separate nomination, his own honor, and, and getting up there and letting his wife get, you know, get his ring and his honor and enjoy, you know, what should come with this. For the fact that they have ignored him, I, I can't, I, I, that, that, I just, every year it upsets me, it gets to me when I think about it. I just, I don't understand how they can overlook him and, and what he's done and what he did for the business and the, the path that he paved. But that being said, I'm going to get off my soapbox and my rant for on that. Don't expect me though to give this uh, mantra up. I will continue to always beat the drum of Ivan Call should be in the WWE Hall of Fame until the day he actually gets in. Like I said, feel free to tweet out to Vincent Mann, Stephanie, Triple H, Go on Twitter, let them know. Go on Instagram, let them know that you feel Ivan Call should be in the Hall of Fame. Why is Uncle Ivan not in the Hall of Fame? Let them know. Ask questions. I, hey, maybe you can get an answer. I can't. That being said, let's move on to our next segment. This is something I'm looking forward to doing. It's going to be me recapping uh, 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 past match in history. Um, and I'm going to go over the matches themselves and maybe, you know, different angles that were going on at the time and what I remember about them and why it was significant to me at that, that point in time in wrestling. 
as me as far as being a wrestling fan. So here we go. Today in wrestling history, exactly 31 years ago, August the 14th, 1987, is what I'm going to look at. We're looking at Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, Mid-Atlantic, if you want to get real precise. And why did I pick this one? Because it was in my hometown at the Norfolk Scope. In fact, I was probably there as a young man, trying to remember it, vaguely do. Uh, I went to quite a few different shows down there at the Scope. They used to come there on a monthly basis. And one thing that was really cool about the Scope in the arena was still around to this day. Um, but it, it seats roughly between ten to 12,000, depending on the, the setup for wrestling. But um, they've had multiple pay-per-views there over the years, or WCW has. And WWE has had one, uh, one of the Great American Bash where JBL beat Eddie Guerrero for the title and the bull rope match was there at the Norfolk Scope. But anyway, the Scope used to be where uh, Jim Crockett would come. About They would come every three to four weeks, every, you know, every three weeks to a month um, at the height. And it was awesome to go out there and, you know, to go there and see it. And you would see them, you know, on, on the Saturdays leading up to the show. They would have, you know, the cut-ins on Worldwide and, and uh, NWA Worldwide, and they would hype up the, the card that was getting ready to happen and get you excited as a fan to go out there and see, you know, your wrestling that was coming to your town. And, and you know what the crazy thing is, though, the scope, honest to God, I mean, you hear old-timers always talk about, oh, we were selling it out, selling out, you know, they were hanging by the rafters, whatever. No, the scope was literally almost sold out every single time that they came. I mean, I, I can't recall a time that it was not packed solid from top to bottom of fans back then. I mean, and no, that's not just my little mind not remembering things correctly. It was that, you know, just that many fans turned out. And yet, WWE just ran a house show there this past Saturday, maybe drew 3,000 if they were lucky. Different time, different era. I understand you got more to choose from these days, but, oh, man. Fans these days just do not know what they're missing. What it was like to be able to go down there to your local arena once a month, get you your drink and your stale popcorn and your hot dog, and you sit down and you know you're you're watching your wrestling. You're there with your dad or your uncle or you know your buddies, and oh man, just the time. But anyway, that being said, August the fourteenth, nineteen eighty-seven, Norfolk, Virginia. Now. At this point in time, Jim Crockett had also bought out the UWF uh, or old Mid-South UWF from Bill Watts. They were in the process of a merger. However, us as fans, unless you were a reader of Dave Meltzer's dirt sheet and, uh, you know, and you knew a little bit of inside information, us as fans, we were not familiar with the fact that they had been bought out. It just looked like we had an influx of talent. And, and you know, it was great to be had. But anyway, here we go. Opening up the match, we had the Mod Squad taking on the tag team of the Italian Stallion and Lasertron. Mod Squad got the win on that one. Mod Squad were uh, Spike and Basher. Um, they were repackaged. They were a tag team that were, uh, they were originally the Jeffers and uh, Mac and Mick Jeffers in the Mid-Atlantic. They were uh, enhancement talent. Uh, they would go in there and make guys look good and, and, and lay down and do the favor for them. And now they've been repackaged. And they were kind of, uh, their, their gimmick was 
um, policemen kind of gone rogue. And uh, they faced, uh, you, you know, uh, the one uh, talent in Italian Stallion, Laser Tron. Laser Tron was Hector Guerrero under a mask. Former NWA junior heavyweight champion beat Denny Brown for it. And, um, you know, it was a decent little matchup. Uh, you know, Italian Stallion, he, he got the loss there uh, for the, the tag team. And then we had Sean Royal from the tag team of the new breed. Be, uh, he beat Colt Steele in a match. And Sean Royal, let me tell you now, the tag team of the new breed, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. And yet they were only together for a very, very short amount of time. However, most fans who are fans of Jim Crockett Promotions remember the new breed. Why? Because they were flashy. The moves that they were doing were different for that, that time period. They were doing a lot of double team moves. They were, um, you know, doing a suplex where the guy drop kicking the... You know, they'd have a guy as a suplex and then another you know, partner coming off the top rope with a drop kick to the opponent or a high cross body block. And, you know, they were just an inventive for their time period. It was Sean Royal, Chris Champion. They came to the ring uh, to the song uh, Fight Rewrite the Party by the uh, Beastie Boys. Man, they had such potential. Then they had a bad car wreck. One thing led to another. And then they ended up no more as a tag team. Sean Roy went on his way. Chris Champion went on his. From what I heard recently, Chris Champion isn't doing too good, so we need to keep him in our thoughts, prayers right now. Um, he, you know, they'll be uh, making a recovery. We had Jimmy Garvin take it on Manny Fernandez, and Jimmy Garvin got the win here. Manny Fernandez had just turned bad or turned heel back in uh, October of '86. And he aligned himself with uh, the evil Paul Jones to take on Jimmy Boogie Boogie Man Valiant. And at this point in time, though, uh, Manny's career was slowly but surely winding up here with uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. He had just come off of a big, big time uh, uh, tag title run with uh, Rick Rude. Rick Rude had left and gone up to the WWF, leaving Manny without a partner. However, him and Jimmy Garvin, they had a regular basic match. Jimmy Garvin getting the win. Jimmy Garvin used to come out to, oh, by the way, Jimmy Garvin came to the ring with the notorious, the lovely, the bodacious, precious. Uh, she was one of, one of a kind. You know, back then to have a valet coming out was uh, unique. And she used to come to the ring spraying a hairspray or a perfume, actually, like a gimmick. And, you know, he was, you know, kind of the pretty boy fluffing his hair all the time. And then at this point in time, he had, uh, Jimmy Garvin had turned face and he, you know, he was uh, teaming with his brother, uh, Ronnie, and uh, they had just actually kind of ended their tag run together because Ronnie was geared up for his series of matches with Ric Flair. We had Uncle Ivan, Ivan Koff, the man who I just got done talking about, defeated Kendall Wyndham, who is the brother of Barry Wyndham, son of Black Jack Mulligan, uncle of Ray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Um, Kendall Wyndham was, he's so young and tall, lanky. Uh, I mean, but he could move in that ring and he was quite the, the wrestler. I always enjoyed watching him. I was a big fan of his. I, I mean, I, I cannot lie. I mean, I, I don't know what it was about him, but it, I, then again, I was a fan of Barry's and uh, Kendall, you know, he just, he really was coming into his own right here. Um, wasn't quite, you know, on par of uh, skill-wise of his brother Barry, 
but he was he was learning, and and you could tell. And uh, he had only been in the business for a couple of years at this point. Um, him and uh, Uncle Ivan matched up well together. You know, Uncle being the veteran got the win. He defeated Kendall in a, a decent little match. And we had Dusty Rhodes taking on U.S. champion Lex Luger. At this point in time, Dusty had never held the U.S. title. So he was making a run for the U.S. title, and his whole thing was that he wanted to ruin the pretty boy looks of Lex Luger and his pretty boy looks and his golden body and bronze body. And, you know, he was tanned and, you know, had the body of a champion, and Dusty was your common man. And listen here, baby, let me tell you something, Lex Luger. You're going to come down here to the Norfolk Scope me and you for the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship, and I'm going to ruin your face. I'm going to make you not pretty anymore. You will not be as pretty as me. You understand? Because I am the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Anyway, uh, they, they matched up, and, and they faced each other, and, the, and during this match, back and forth, however, that I recall, however, uh, he, uh, Luger ended up, uh, I want to say chair shot or something. He, he got... Some behind the referee's back got caught, disqualified. Dusty pick it up and win. This one I don't remember, and I can't even tell you why. It's kind of an odd tag team to see teaming up. But we had Nikita Koloff teaming up with Barry Windham. And what was kind of odd about that one is Nikita normally teamed with Dusty as the superpowers at this time. So him to be teaming up with Barry Windham, kind of uh, different. And they uh, faced off against... The NWA U.S. Tag Team Champions, Bobby Eaton, and then Stanley and the Midnight Express. Ending in a DQ, which that's two DQs in a row. Yeah, probably most of the fans weren't that happy, excited about that. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, then we had the, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, who had just won them from uh, Rude and Manny Fernandez. And they were taking on two of the four horsemen, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Uh, anytime that those four got in the ring, you're guaranteed to have fireworks. Great match. And Ricky and Robert picking up the win there. Um, it would eventually lead to Ricky and Robert. They did lose the belts to Tully and Aaron. A couple couple months later, and uh, the way it went down it was a, a, with Midnight Express interfering, dropping Ricky Morton, injuring his shoulder, led to Robert going out there one on uh, trying to take one on two and. Eventually, just led to them losing the belts. Then we have NWA World Title for the NWA World Title. Ric Flair taking on Ronnie Garvin, and they they were they were leading to a great series of matches. And any time that these two faced off against each other, it was hard hitting, bloody, chops galore. Flair's chest would look like uh, meat. You know, just been beat all the, the crap. And same with Ronnie Garvin. I mean, they were just they beat the hell out of each other, and they enjoyed it. And they had, I mean, which made it enjoyable for the fans. If you were able to see them live, you know what I'm talking about. Back then, they beat the crap out of each other. And Ronnie and him, they had a great series of matches. Went back and forth. Ronnie eventually won the title here in October of 87. No. Yeah, it was October, September of 87 in Detroit. And, um, it, you know, it, shortly after this match here, in which Ric Flair did beat Ronnie or Ronnie beat Flair by DQ. So that was three DQs in one night on a show. Uh, you know, back then that was actually, they didn't normally do that, but I can understand why. Um, it was a house show, and that being said, they normally, you're not going to get a pinfall when you're having a title match. 
Um, but the whole Ronnie Garvin, Ric Flair thing, what led to that was Flair faced off with Jimmy Garvin and he had a match where the during the Great American Bash, if he had beat Jimmy Garvin, he was going to get a date with Precious for the night. And he had come out and been talking about how he had wanted Precious and Precious wanted him and blah, 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 blah. He wins, he beats Jimmy Garvin, they go to have the date for the night, and lo and behold, in drag, here's Ronnie Garvin, lays the champ out, boom, lays him out with no hotel room floor, and now we're off and running with Ronnie Garvin versus Ric Flair. Great series of matches, I encourage you fans, if you get a chance, look it up on YouTube or wherever you can and see Ronnie Garvin and Ric Flair facing off against each other. That's it for now, that is Today in Wrestling History on Wrestling Banter, and I have as my guest, the one, the only, Irvin Legend. Welcome to our show, Irvin Legend. How are you doing tonight? See, I'm doing good. You know what I'm saying? I went to the gym at midnight while Phil Brown was in Newport News. You know, the very low-class, can't-afford-no-food-living Phil Brown. He's Whoa. taking a nap and, and thinking about how Irvin Legend going to take his championship this weekend. I was in the gym... Uh Clinging and banging. Well, I, and uh, wow, wow, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me stop you right there. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Real quick, Irvin. Irvin, you're, you're, I, I mean, come on. You're talking Phil Brown. He is a legend here in this area. He is VCW royalty if you want. What? Coming up, you know, choking on every big opportunity he's ever had. The platinum icon. Give me a break. Oh, come on. I mean, now, look, everybody who saw Liberty Lottery, they saw you come out. They saw you showing all your money. And then what happened to you? You got eliminated by a girl. You got eliminated by Casey Carlisle. You know what happened was, when you're making as much broccoli as I am, it tends to get in the way. It obstructed my view. I pieced out the floor. I lost my balance. My boots are $300. So I lost my balance, my boots slipped, and I went over the top rope. So, so you're trying to say that everybody who was there that night, we could go back and watch the video at vcw-wrestling.com and it's also streaming for $5 a month and we can watch it for ourselves and see that you got dumped over the top rope by Casey Carlisle, but you're trying to say that all of our eyes are wrong and that you slipped. That's exactly what I'm saying. You can clearly see money on the floor. You can clearly see me holding on the rope to keep my balance, and my foot slipped, and I went around the top rope. Uh, now, granted, I was from the other direction that worked in security. I, I didn't quite see it, but I have seen the tape. All I know is what I saw was she came up. She happened to dump you over the top rope. Now, you got eliminated from Liberty Lottery. Now, granted, everybody... Everybody's giving that old washed up, uh, old washed up hag, Casey Carlisle. Whoa! a top-class athlete myself. That never happened. Now, well, okay. really, you know what? That brings me to the arm wrestling will live with that stupid clown. Oh. I had nerve damage in my left hand. That's another reason why I couldn't hold on the top rope because my arm went numb. Oh. I had no feeling in the left side of my body because living shocked me with that damn shocker at the arm wrestling competition. I still got temporary nerve damage. You know what? It sounds to me like, Irvin, you got nothing but excuses over here. I mean, the truth. I mean, you, you lost to live at the clown because, oh, he shocked you. Yeah, you got dumped over a top rope because you slipped on your, your money and Casey didn't really eliminate you. By the way, you should be honored to have been dumped over the top rope by Casey Carlisle. She is a former NWA Women's World Champion. No, I think what you meant to say was she should be honored that I made her relevant again because nobody's been talking about her for the past five years. 
She's a trending topic on Twitter now and Facebook because of me. If it wasn't because of me, she'd still be relevant looking for scraps for bookings. Uh, oh. She should be thanking me. Uh, okay, okay. Now, real quick. This Saturday, you got Phil Brown, Liberty title match. This is your very first VCW title match of any kind, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right on that? Yeah, what took him so long? I, I'm, hey, I'm not the booker. I'm not the promoter. I, I'm not the one that, that makes the matches. All I do is is security over here and, 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 and help out behind the scenes a little bit. But that being said, you've finally gotten that title shot, and you're facing Phil Brown. Now, I'll tell you what. The talk around Twitter and the talk on Facebook right now is that Phil Brown is gonna mat, you know, wipe the mat with you. He is gonna oh, treat you like a. So that is so cute. I'm looking forward to that. But he, in, the, in order for him to wipe the floor with me, he has to catch me first. I'll have you know, I train at Mayweather Promotions in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I focus on my speed, my agility. So Phil Brown ain't gonna ain't gonna catch me. He's gonna get tired just chasing me around the ring. And like I said in that promo, Phil. Me and him go way back. He's one of the main reasons why I broke in. He broke me in when I was a little pup. Yep. But he taught me too much. And yeah. he, he, come this Saturday, I'm taking his championship. So, so the student beats the teacher. So, you know, once again, you got another student that, that, you know, Phil Brown is known to have trained quite a few different of the wrestlers around this area. And different ones that have even gone on to bigger and better things. You got Mia Yim, who's in the May Young Classic with the WWE, who he helped train as well. And, and yet, each time his students tend to think that they can one up Phil. I've seen it time and time again. And each one of you line up and you get knocked back down. What is going to make you a little bit different that's going to give you just that little bit of an extra edge to get that win on Phil Brown? Here's the thing I will give. Phil Brown, his due. I'm not a complete ass. Phil Brown, I respect what he's done. I respect his passing. But all that doesn't mean a damn thing when you got a young kid that's hungry like me. I'm only concerned about two things. Making money, winning championships. When I popped out the room in 93, I already knew I was the best. I already knew I was basically carved out of gold. I'm meant to be in this business. You asked me what's going to separate me from all the other all the underachievers that Phil Brown has faced. Well, guess what? They're not legends. That's true. Your name they're does not say it. They're not future Hall of Famers. Yeah. They're not the best athlete in the world. Well, well, okay, real quick. Let me ask you this. Who have you beaten in VCW to earn that title shot? It doesn't matter who I've beaten. Where Urban Legend goes, ratings follows. Where Urban Legend goes, people talk about that's why I got the championship shot. Now, now, Greg. Because everybody in that company knows that Urban Legends is the real deal. Everybody knows Urban Legends is where the money at. Urban Legends is where the ratings at. But guess what? Urban Le Urban Legend doesn't need a VCW. VCW needs Urban Legend. Wow, those are some big words for such a little man right there. I'll tell you that. Oh, little man. Yeah, I, I, this little man. Uh, this little man makes more today than you've seen in your whole life. Wow. Okay. Wow. Come bringing the fire to me here now. Now, Irvin, let me ask you this: uh, You've been around for how how long have you been in the, this business? Four years. Four. I ain't no spring chicken. No, no, you're you're not no spring chicken. You've been around the block and back again, and you you've earned your stripes. I mean, people who who pay attention, they they know who you are. They know your name, and you've been. You've definitely been making some headway within the last uh, year or so. I've been seeing your name pop up here and there. And, and most of the time, though, it's on the losing end, Irvin. Mm, see, here's the thing. It's like these guys, these no-talented, Twinkie-eating, soda-drinking, non-booty-getting wrestlers that are in this area 
want to revitalize their career by mentioning me. Prime example, he ain't from here, but Rodney Mack. You've uh, seen his resume. Yep, yeah, I know who Rodney Mack is. He's still hiding. He's still tucking his tail all the way in Louisiana. I, I mean, you called him out a few months ago. Quite a few months I ago. I called him out a year, and what? He's hiding behind his wife. And he still hasn't accepted my challenge. I, People are scared of me, Jeff. I, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I you know... Rodney Mack's a big man to be calling out there. He's a former you know, WWE talent. His wife, I personally would be scared of myself in a dark yeah, alley. But oh man, she that woman is a beast. She is straight beast. And in fact, you know what? The same lady who eliminated you, Casey Carlisle. I know her and Jazz have faced each other. They had one heck of a match. So how 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 is this precise? How is it your wife? I'm talking about Mac. She has a better career than he has. She got more credentials than he has. I, I, I he mean, should be thanking me for making him William again. Uh, you, you definitely have put him back on the map again down there in Louisiana and, and, and made people start paying attention to uh, Rodney Mac that weren't quite knowing uh, where he had gone to and, and, and everything else. But, the only reason why people know who Rodney Mac is is because he was a punching bag for Goldberg. That's it. Mm. Wow, and basically, is that what you're 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 saying? Phil Brown's going to be a punching bag for you this Saturday. It's going to be a stepping stone for Urban Legend's legacy. So this the legendary revolution is going to start at Phil Brown. When I take out that washed up, dried out, ancient artifact icon Ooh. and take his championships, so I have the money. I have a championship. Yep, PCW. And- can't survive without me. VCW can survive without Phil Brown. But they can't survive without Urban Legend. That's but what they can't do. survive without Urban Legend. I, I, Everybody I, knows that, I'm, again, I'm where the money's at. I'm where the ratings at. I, I, I mean, I'm just, People won't be talking about Brandon Scott. People won't be talking about Jack Swagger. People won't be talking about Dutch Mantel. You know who they're going to be talking about? Urban Legend. Beating Phil Brown for the championship. I, I mean, now, you know, that it's going to be this Saturday in Suffolk, Virginia, August the 18th at the Salvation Army Gym. And uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm looking forward to the matchup. I really am because personally, I think the Phil is going to just take you from one corner to the other and beat you and show you exactly what it means to be in the ring with the platinum icon himself. That's just my prediction. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, who knows? No, 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 no. You know, it could be. You will be wrong. Because you sound like just you sound like your ass hats on the internet that think Urban Legend no stand chance. Do you realize how good of an athlete I am? Do you realize I'm younger, faster, hungrier? Hell, I'm already better than Phil Brown. Is everybody knows that? I trained with quite possibly the best fighter to ever exist. And and, and who's that? Floyd Mayweather. Uh, okay, you, you, so you train with Floyd Money Mayweather? Big deal. My dad. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you this. You do realize who all Phil Brown has been in the ring with. It doesn't matter because none of them are as good as me. Do you realize who all he has been endorsed from? Do you realize that he has been to the top? He has been to the WWE. He has had matches with the WWE. He is, I mean, he has been actually where everybody else wants to try to go to. Oh, he, yes. I know where he's been, what he's done. Yeah. I ain't taking nothing away from the man, which is why it's going to make it even more satisfying that nobody gave a religion a chance. And I can't wait to see the shock look. The droopy eye look on these idiots' faces when I come out on top. Okay. Well, that is going to be this Saturday night in Suffolk, Virginia at the Salvation Army Gym. We will see Urban Legend taking off Phil Brown for the VCW U.S. Liberty title. 
And I'm going to go ahead and let you have the final word here, Irvin. Go ahead. I expect to see everybody in Suffolk this Saturday so that you can witness a day that will live in infamy when Urban Legend beats Phil Brown, the platinum icon, for his VCW United States Championship. And remember this, I told you so.